Blog Talk Radio. Featured on allhabs.net with your host, Christy. All right, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to episode 155 of the Habs 360 podcast here on allhabs.net. It is Saturday, November 21st, 2015. I'm Chris G at Chris G1980 on Twitter. And well, We'll be with you for the next 60 minutes to bring you the latest on the uh, Montreal Canadiens, who had a busy week on the ice. They played four games, and well, they won a couple, and well, they lost a couple. So we'll we'll go through those games in a couple of moments. So the Canadiens have played a total of 21 games this season. So that's about a quarter into the season. They have a record of 15, four and two. That gives them a total of 32 points. They are 6-2-2 two, and two in uh, their last 10 games. And that puts them first place in the Atlantic Division, where they've pretty much been for the entire season. And the same thing when it comes to the Eastern Conference. They are first place. They do have a two-point cushion on the New York Rangers, but the New York Rangers do have a, a couple of game on hand on the uh, the Canadians. And well, in the NHL, the Canadians, when it comes in terms of points, they're tied for first with the Dallas Stars. But since the Dallas Stars have played one less game than the Canadians, the Stars uh, do clinch the, uh, the first spot in the NHL right now, both teams with uh, 32 points. But the Stars have played 20 games compared to the Canadians. 21. Sportsclubstats.com, well, it's Canadians 
uh, according to the uh, site, have the best chance from any team in the NHL with 99.5% chance of making it into the playoffs, 29.5% chance of winning the President's Trophy, and 17.7% chance of um, winning the Stanley Cup. So those are definitely great numbers. Hab360 were the most informative and interactive podcast that you'll find. And, well, there's several ways you can reach us via Twitter at Habs360. You can also give us a call anytime for the entire episode. Phone number to reach us is 1-877-455-4945. And, well, if you're listening to us via the Block Talk website on your computer, you can go to the bottom of the page, log in with your Twitter or Facebook account, and you'll be able to leave us your comments in the uh, chat room. Joining me today, my regular co-host, editor-in-chief and owner of the All Habs Network of Sites. You can follow him on social media. I think every social media that there's out there, it's very easy to find him. You just search for All Habs, and that's how you can get in touch with my co-host, Rick Stevens. How are you doing, Rick? Doing great, Chris. Glad to be here. Um, and uh, it's weird because it's another Saturday without Canadians hockey, but there's a ton of stuff to talk about. So uh, anxious to get going. Yeah, uh, definitely. That is weird that Canadians aren't playing today. Their next game is tomorrow night in the uh, back-to-back, in the home-to-home, I should say, a series against the uh, New York Islanders. And in fact, the Canadians are going into this weird stretch where last night's game against the Islanders was the first in five consecutive games against teams from the state of New York. So that's quite the uh, scheduling done by the NHL. Well, the week got started last Saturday when Patrick won a Colorado Avalanche were in town at the Bell Center to face the Montreal Canadiens. And well, on a score sheet, it finished a 6-1 game in favor of the Colorado Avalanche. Let's hear some post-game thoughts from the captain and the coach. It's a game of mistakes, and, and the mistakes that we made early in the game were, uh, you know, they're too costly, they're too big. You can't, you know, we can live with, um, you know, uh, a blown assignment here and there, but if, if someone's to back you up. But we gave them great a uh, chances to score early in the game. They sat back on their lead, and, and we weren't able to capitalize, uh, you know, once it was 3 nothing. What we got to love the word dynamic tonight. Um, you look after the after two periods we were down four to one, but uh, we we didn't double the shot, we tripled the shots. We got 33 shots against 11, and we're down four to one. It's one of those nights. And well, just to expand to what the coach Terry said, the, the shots on goal, the final tally in this game was 40 to 24 in favor of uh, the Montreal Canadiens. And in that game, Nathan McKinnon had quite the game for the Colorado Avalanche with uh, two goals and one assist. Brendan Gallagher was the only goal scorer for the Canadiens. He scored his eighth goal of the season. And Rick, uh, this game, uh, somebody who didn't watch this game and would just see the scoreline of 6-1, to one, he, he or she would probably think that the Avalanche were all over the Montreal Canadiens. But I think besides the third period, 
that wasn't the case. No, it wasn't the case at all. And for those uh, who are devotees of of Corsi and and who uh, say games can be decided by Corsi, uh, this kind of went completely opposite. The the Corsi 4 was 75 for the Canadians at shot attempts, uh, just 40 for the Avalanche. Um, Canadians, you know, they dominated possession, um, but weren't very good in their their own end. Um, wasn't a great night for for Mike Condon, um, although he had, you know, he had some help in that regard. Um, PK Subban was on for, uh, I believe it was four of the six uh, Colorado goals. Um, uh, defense pairing of Jeff Petrie and Nathan Beaulieu were. Um, uh, I think it was a combined minus four, um, and it and and uh, the uh, the Canadians' third line was also I think uh, a combined minus six. So um, it, it wasn't a good game in their own end. Um, there were a couple of bad calls that uh, got them behind the eight ball uh, pretty quickly, and and uh, they just never, although although they dominated possession, they were ne- never able to um, get in and solve uh, Redabera. Yeah, and when it comes to Mike Condon, allowed four goals on 11 shots. That's after two periods. And then Dustin Tokarski made an appearance in the third period, and he allowed two goals on uh, 13 shots as well, and several goals that I'm sure both goalies would have liked to have back in uh, in that game. Uh, a couple of nights later, the uh, Vancouver Canucks were in town to face the uh, Montreal Canadiens. And while this was a game where the Vancouver Canucks took a 3 nothing lead over the Canadiens, does that sound familiar? Well, it should be because it happened earlier in the season in Vancouver. It happened on uh, October 27th. But the difference this time, Canadiens came back, scored four unanswered goals to win 4-3 in overtime against the uh, Vancouver Canucks. Let's hear from uh, the coach following that game. It, it was a tough start for us, um, but I thought that uh, the goal of Lars Seller gave us a lot of life, and um, we were keep pushing that pace. And uh, uh, I really liked the character of our, our team tonight. And the guys that compete really hard, they deserve to win. And well, that goal that. Uh, Mitchell Terry was talking about was a shorthanded goal that was scored by uh, Lars Zeller, his sixth of the season at uh, the 840 mark. The overtime winner was scored by David Dernay, his sixth goal of the season, assisted by P.K. Subban and Thomas Fleischmann. Mike Condon made 23 saves in that game, and his opponent, Jacob Markstrom, made 32 saves for uh, for the Vancouver Canucks. And Rick in this game, uh, like the coach said, that Lars Zeller gave them a spark. I think it started maybe like a couple of minutes before that as well. But once the goal was scored, it was one of those things that you could see, you know what, the Canadians are coming back. Like you sort of, you're able to feel it that uh, the Canadians were going to get back into the game because I find as of that Lars Zeller moment, the the advantage was going to the Montreal Canadian side. Yeah, I think you're right. And uh, up until that point, it it was it was looking pretty grim. Um, Mike Condon was looking shaky. P- P- 
P.K. Subban had a really uh, bad first period. Uh, Jeff Petrie, Nathan Beaulieu, they were they were looking awful. Um, and the the Bell Center crowd, which is often a you know a, a, a kind of a bellwether uh, to use a phrase, um, they were quiet. They were extremely quiet. Then uh, it was Lars Eller, uh, as you said, um, on the penalty kill. Uh, it started at the Canadians' blue line. Um, former Canadian uh, Yannick Weber had the puck. Um, Eller nailed and flattened him, uh, stole the puck, skated up the, the length of the ice, and, and he ripped a shot past Markstrom. And that that gave the, the, the Canadians' life. It gave the, the building life. Um, and, you know, quite a moment at uh, after the game. Um, Lars Eller doesn't get too much credit from the from his coach, but um, Michelle Therrien pointed it out as the turning point in the game, and indeed he was right. I know it's funny, even in that goal, uh, he was on a two-on-one with uh, Devante Smith-Pelly. Pelly was there waiting for the shots, but uh, Eller decided to keep the puck and put it in, and it ended up being the the right decision. It always is when the puck ends up going uh, behind the net. Canadians' homestand continued on Thursday when the Arizona Coyotes were uh, in town to face the Bleu Blanc Rouge. It's one of those nights that uh, bad bounce, you know. Uh, I thought we, we, we got a lot of energy when we started the game. We got 13 shots against five, and, uh, and we down by two goals, you know. So it took us some time in the second period. Uh, it, 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 Took away our momentum, and um, it's one of those nights, you know. It's like uh, it's—I don't think it was a lack of effort. And I think I believe our effort was there. We wanted to give up 20 shots, and we were trying to press, and uh, we didn't find a way to uh, uh, to tie the game. And special team has to be better. We lost the battle tonight, and we heard. Dale Weiss scoring the Canadian second goal. It was his ninth. It was his ninth goal of the the season. Uh, we heard the coach talking about the power plays. Uh, they were 0 for 5 against the uh, Coyotes on Thursday night. And well, Rick, one trend that we saw that it actually ended last night against the New York Islanders. I'll go to that game in a couple of in a couple of seconds. The Canadians are going through a stretch where they they kept along the first goal of the game. And if you look at it, and if you compare that to the beginning of the season, it was the total opposite. So what do you think uh, was happening recently with the Canadians' start of games where they kept trailing, and it was always early goals in the game? Well, uh, you know, you're right. They gave up the the first goal, and there was three games in a row there where they spotted the opposition a 3-0 lead. Um, it's it's really hard to lay this all at the feet of Mike Condon, um, but he seemed uh, to have difficulty making that that big save early in the game. Um, uh, you know, so his his team could could be the one scoring the first goal. Um, in in this game in particular that we're talking about uh, against the the Coyotes, 
Um, he wasn't great on the the uh, the first goal, the wraparound, but uh, it was actually PK Subban that um, he he made an ill-advised pinch. He he um, then he got the puck back and gave it away, um, and then it went down the ice. And and uh, I I don't know what happened to PK, but he didn't skate, and his man Hansel uh, was the one who eventually scored. So um, yes. W- you know the the team needed Condon to make the big save early on, but um, they were having uh, pretty bad first periods from PK Subban, from Jeff Petrie, uh, uncharacteristically so. Um, so I, you know there there it was more than just goaltending to blame, um, but you know it it might have been a confidence thing. We're 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 just not sure, but um, yeah, it very very, com- as you said, completely opposite to the way the season started, where they were getting off to very good st- and kind of back into that mold that we, we think of uh, last season when they usually found themselves trailing after the first period. And well, then last night, Montreal Canadiens headed to New York, like I said, to play the first game against, uh, first of five against teams based out of uh, New York. And, well, it was the first game also of a home-to-home series against the New York Islanders. Hamlin does it, caught by Placenis. Gallagher after it. Gains the red line, empty net, scores! And we heard there Brendan Gallagher scoring an empty net goal, his ninth goal of the season, to put away a 5-3 win for the Canadians against the New York Islanders. It was Carey Price's return. We'll talk about him in a couple of minutes. He made 33 saves for the uh, Canadians. And, well, New York Islanders probably wanted some uh, better goaltending from uh, from their goalie as well. And, well, we'll talk about that later in today's episode. Jeff Petrie, plus two. Uh, sorry, make that plus three. Last night, he scored a pair of goals for the Montreal Canadiens. And if we're looking just in the plus-minus, Andre Markov minus three last night against the uh, New York Islanders. And that's where the Canadians are uh, right now. Next game, Sunday, tomorrow night against the New York Islanders who are in town against the um, to face the Montreal Canadiens. And well, in the game last night against the New York Islanders, there was some line shuffling by the coach let's hear uh, the reasoning behind it you know what i didn't like the way that uh, uh not that i didn't like it. chemistry for the placanet line was not like it used to be and uh, uh for that game I decided to make a change and in, in, in the meantime we're still learning the season and uh, uh it's an experience we'll see uh, how it goes so the line changes themselves. It was Brendan Gallagher who went on the second line. Well, we're numbering them. The coach doesn't like to number them. He, Gallagher, played with Eller and Galchenyuk. And then Devontae Smith-Pelly was paired up with Thomas Plekanec and Max Pacioretty. That change was happened during the second period and all the way to the conclusion. Rick, what do you think was the coach's uh, reasoning behind making uh, that move? I I think uh, I, partly because he didn't want to move Alex Simon up uh, back into the the second line role, 
He's uh, he's going to punish Alex Salmon no matter how he plays. Salmon played his best game of the season last night. Um, was uh, uh, had a co lead in in shots on goal with four. Uh, got um, you know he was the one that um, that was directly responsible. Uh, made a really nice play on the first goal of the game. Um, he had a, a really good game. The ice time didn't translate. Uh, I should also note that he started on the fourth line. Um, and, you know, even though he was playing well, it was Terrian's reluctance to move him um, on the second line uh, where Paul Byron had uh, had been placed to start the game. And Byron just, you know, he, he's a quick player, but offensively he, he just doesn't have the creativity, the the vision, the, the he, he's just not a second line player. So um, it was an interesting move because it was the first time this season that we've seen the top line uh, broken up um, for any length of time. And uh, it came near the end of the second period. And as you said, Devonte Smith Pelly was moved to the to the right wing uh, with uh, Placanitz and and Pacioretty. Um, You know, it, it was okay. Nothing, nothing to write home about. Um, they looked okay. Gallagher on the, uh, the second line with, um, Eller and, uh, Galchenyuk back to the old egg line looked, uh, looked pretty, pretty sharp. Um, but I think it's, it's a reluctance, like I said, for, uh, um, it, it's clear that Michelle Terrian has his mind made up about Alex Simon and, and he's not going to change it. The interesting part is going to see, uh, how he fits, then Andrew Ghetto into the mix uh, with Andrew Ghetto being recalled from the ice caps last night. Yeah, so Sven Andrew Ghetto will be with the team tomorrow night at uh, the Bell Center. But going back to Sandman, uh, Rick, at this point, do you blame uh, Michel Therrien from having lost uh, patience with him? Well, you know, it's 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 a good question. Um, it's kind of a chicken and egg question. Um, has Salmon uh, performed up to expectations? Some would say yes, uh, given that that um, you know he 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 lost favor uh, in, in the last two um, places that he's played. I think that that Michelle Terrian certainly uh, can't be. Um, I, I don't. I don't see that he's given Semin the opportunity to flourish. Sitting him in the press box for as long as he did certainly didn't help his confidence. And then uh, putting him on a short leash each time and, and giving him six eight minutes a night, you're not gonna you're not gonna get a lot out of the player. Um, so I would I would say the blame falls fifty fifty on this. But when you have a player who was playing, you know, as well as he was last night. Um, yeah, sure. You got to bring out the stick and beat beat them as Tarion does, so to speak. But you got to show them the carrot too. And and uh, Tarion wasn't willing to do that last night. So we'll see how Sven Andrigetto fits in the lineup if he does play, or will um, will he go with the winning lineup again uh, tomorrow night at the uh, Bell Center? So still to come here on the Habs 360 podcast. Our winners are losers. Winners and losers of the week are coming up. If you you want to nominate yours, very simple. You can do it via Twitter at Habs360, and you can also give us a call at one eight seven seven four five five forty nine forty five. This is the Habs360 podcast featured on AllHabs.net.
For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. Hi, I'm Chris G. The Habs 360 podcast and Anthony from MartoCanvas.com are pleased to announce the Habs contest will run during every Habs game in the playoffs, I will give you an opportunity to win a great prize courtesy of art2canvas.com. Follow Habs360 and Habs Happy on Twitter for more details and for high-quality canvas start at a reasonable price. Visit art2canvas.com. Good luck. Don't live close to Montreal? Ever feel like you're the only Habs fan in town? Chances are good that there are plenty of fellow fans just around the corner. And HabsTweetUp.com will help you find them. If you're interested in hosting a hockey party in your city, visit HabsTweetUp.com for more details. You'll be connected to other Habs fans near you in no time. Habs360 is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. This is the Habs 360 Podcast, featured on allhabs.net. And now it's time for this week's winners and losers on Habs 360. All right, welcome back to episode 155 of the Habs 360 Podcast. I'm Chris G. at Chris G1980, along with uh, Rick Stevens at uh, all habs on twitter and like i mentioned phone lines our twitter timeline our chat room is open for the entire episode today you can reach us toll free one eight seven seven four five five forty nine forty five. it's a toll-free call from anywhere in north america and well rick let's start off with your nominees for the winners all right, I like that positivity. We'll look at the winners first. Um, the The first nominee is going to be the uh, the Canadians' um, uh, blood drive, and uh, the the annual blood drive that they do for Hema Quebec. And and uh, I it happened on on Wednesday this past week from from social media. It was once again uh, very popular popular for Canadians fans to get to. Uh, meet and um, Canadians players who who usually come out rather strongly to support the event. Uh, I haven't seen any numbers on uh, numbers of people who were there or what they collected, but uh, this is a, a fa- fabulous event um, started by Jean back in 1981, I think, um, 
and it's something that many fans look forward to every single year. Yeah, it is, and it was actually pretty popular. I saw Dave Stubbs from uh, the Gazette. He did tweet out some numbers. I'm just trying to scroll through them. It was over uh, a thousand uh, donators, and if I'm not mistaken, he said that it's the most popular. And it's a great cause, like you said. I'll look up for the numbers. But meanwhile, Rick, we can move on to... Um, okay, sorry, I got it. It's 1,103 units of blood were collected at the 34th Annual Clinic. So a good job uh, by the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, that's fabulous. And the fans who, who showed up. Um, we're also going to nominate Greg Patteron, um, who, um, you know, we, we know he went down to... Um, St. John's for three games for a bit of a conditioning stint um, and then was forced into service with the uh, lower body injury to um, Alexei Emlin. Um, he's not the kind of guy who can necessarily replace uh, Emlin with those intimidating hits, but he, he, do, he plays physical um, and uh, we saw in last night's game, a, a, a big forearm shiver where he just knocked down a, a player, um, a, a, an Islander. Um, he's he's steady. He's not flashy, um, but he's he's done what's been asked of him on the third defense pairing. Yeah, and I think it was normal. Like in his, in his first game, he seemed a little bit rusty. But when you haven't played so long in the, in the NHL game, I think that's normal. And speaking of that, Alexi Emelin, he's still out with a lower body injury. The latest updates that we've gotten is that he'll be that he'll miss tomorrow's game against the Islanders, and then no further news was discussed uh, was announced, I should say, by the Montreal Canadiens. And it'll be interesting to see what happens, assuming a healthy defensive roster when Alex Hamlin comes out, because I think the easy answer once again for the coach would be to uh, remove Craig Patteron out of the lineup. Yeah, unfortunately, that's that's. That's probably true. Um, side note: the the juggling has uh, bumped uh, Nathan Beaulieu up to to uh, the second pairing with Jeff Petrie. Um, they had a couple of games where things were a bit shaky, but uh, for the most part, they've looked very good together. Yeah, and uh, so before we move on, let's hear. Uh, yesterday, the coach did have a comment about uh, Beaulieu and uh, Petrie. They were, uh, you know, to be quite honest, uh, that was their best pairing tonight. They skated well, they moved the puck, they were responsible, they they played really well both sides of the ice, offensively and defensively. So uh, I really appreciate the way that those two played together. Uh, when it comes to the offensive side of the game, Jeff Petrie, like I mentioned earlier, two goals, Nathan Bollier, one goal, one assist, and you went to combined uh, plus six. In fact, even Jeff Petrie was a defenseman that was used the most during the game, even more than uh, than P.K. Subban. Yeah, which, um, you know, in a back-to-back situation, um, took some of the load off of Markov and, and Subban. Um, so last night's first star for Jeff Petrie, well-deserved, uh, and that pairing was great, as uh, Michelle Terrian said. Um the another winner nominee is going to be our buddy Tony. Um, Tony, uh, who is I believe it's awesome guy. I, I forget his Twitter handle. You probably know it better than I do, Chris. Yeah, it's awesome guy twenty eleven. That's it. Um, 
he he I, I give him credit for a singular focus on on Twitter, and that is to have Michelle Terrian fired. Um, and um, but this this past week, he he you know he he always tweets both Chris and I and anyone else for that matter, uh, expressing his opinions about Terrian. But um, I, I think Chris, you were kind of trying to just calm him down or shut him up. One of the two, and you said. Uh, <laughs> You suggested that he get some sleep, and his response was immediate, and it was perfect. And he said, he replied that he'll get some sleep when Michelle Terrian is fired. It was the tweet of the year. He, it was fabulous. <laughs> yeah, and that was because he tweeted that at 6.02 a.m. So it was kind of early. I don't know. He must have been dreaming of uh, Michelle Terrian that night, and that's what the the response was. And... In fact, Tony, if you're listening, uh, there's a quote that was picked up in the dressing for the Canadians. I think it was last Saturday. No, actually, maybe even two Saturdays ago. And it was from Max Pacioretty. And I'll read the quote. He, he, he said, for me personally, he's been the best coach I've had because you can't hide here. I think over an 82-game year, it takes a special type of player to play in that environment. There's no hiding. You get called out for every mistake, for everything that goes against our system and what we believe in. And if you don't do the right thing, you're going to hear about it. I think when you're in that demanding environment, it brings the best out of people. You have to have the right attitude. So Max, the captain, seems to like his coach. So that's a message for for Tony. But we, you know, we had, we. Um... We appreciate Tony, and uh, we appreciate the interactions with him, and um, we ap- appreciate his commitment to his uh, his mission here. And we should say the side part of that is getting rid of Michelle Terry and, and bringing in the Bowmans. Um, I guess that would mean getting rid of uh, Bergevin as well. But anyway, that's 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 our friend Tony. So the number one, uh, those are the nominees. The winner of the week, um, even though he just played one game, we're going to give it to Carey Price uh, because he um, he didn't get a star last night, but certainly deserved one. Um, he came back. It was clear to many of us that he, he wasn't necessarily 100%. His recoveries, he wasn't necessarily that fluid. He was doing a lot of stretching in the breaks. Um he, but he made some enormous saves last night, um, and particularly early in the game um, when the, the Islanders had uh, those high-quality chances. That was the big way that he contributed. Another way was, you know, everybody spoke about, hey, look at the the Canadians activating the defense. The broadcasters made special mention of that that we haven't seen for um, the last few weeks. And it reminded us of, of the way the Canadians play in October. And that is, that is, it sounds strange, but that is because of the confidence they have of Carey, having Carey Price in net. His leadership, his goaltending, allow them to play a different style of game. And well, let's hear from uh, Carey Price following last night's uh, game. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, that first period, you're kind of, you know, like I said, your timing might be off, your, uh, you're trying to trying to catch up, and you know I thought by the third period things were starting to starting to slow back down again. And so Carey Price sounded like he's um, he was warming up and getting better better as he goes. 
But prior to the game, the coach was asked on what the return of Price meant to the team. Um, he's, a, he's our best player, and he's probably the best player in the National Hockey League. So uh, every time that uh, um, you, you got your, the best player of your team uh, coming back, it's always a, a big boost for, uh, for any teams, and uh, we're not different. And I'll tell you, he looks sharp during the practice. Um, does he gonna have this timing back? We're not quite sure yet. It takes time. It, it always takes some times. Uh, but the quality of goalie like Harry, you know, uh, we expecting that uh, it's gonna have an impact on our team. And well, at the same time, Rick, I think this is a good opportunity to talk about uh, a little bit about Michael Condon who was asked to replace uh, Carey Price during the injury. And if you look at it, Condon had five wins, two losses, and uh, two uh, overtime losses during the time span. So we got to say that Michael Condon uh, did a good job. And I guess even before the Carey Price injury, if we would have said that Price would have missed nine games and the Canadians would win five, I think we would we'd be surprised at that result. Yeah, all credit to to Mike Condon and and uh he he clearly won the the backup job out of um camp and uh out of training camp and and uh being having to step into pretty big skates, he he performed quite admirably. Um you know, there was uh a drop off in his his uh in his play and his stats uh I, over the last four games i think his save percentage dropped to 857 um and some pointed um you know to uh, fatigue fatigue um and i think it i think part of it is confidence you know, Condon's the biggest part of his game is his ability to stay calm and and um, and be focused. and And I think he lost a little of that. Maybe the other part of it is that the the um, uh, opponents were scouting him a bit better than when he came in, and and were able to take advantage of some of his rebound control and getting out of position. Um, but um, you know, you. you there were some that were wanting to compare him to Carey Price. Can't do that, but um, but Condon performed really well uh, and um, and kept the Canadians right right at the top of the league in the absence of Carey Price. That's something he can be very proud of. Yeah, for sure. So so Carey Price, our winner of the week. Who are your nominees for the losers of the week? Loser of the week, we're going to start looking at last night's game with Yaroslav Halak. Uh, how in the world anyone um, thought that, that he was going over the long term going to be the better goalie than, than Carey Price is just beyond me. Um, Halak looked awful last night. Uh, he was pulled after giving up uh, three goals, two of which were very soft. Uh, he looks small in the net. He plays very deep. Um He's kind of bounced around from team to team and, and, and now at the Islanders. And, um, you know, coming into last night's game, he had lost three out of his last four starts. And it looks like Greece, uh, Thomas Greece is the one that they're uh, turning a bit to, more to uh, at the present. So uh, Halak's going to be uh, one of our nominees for Loser of the Week. 
But I think it's a good choice, and I still, uh, I still know uh, one particular person. He's not a Habs fan who still thinks the Canadians uh, made a mistake in letting go Yaroslav Halak. But I don't want to spend any more time on that. So, who's your next nominee? Well, speaking of silly, silly statements, uh, like like that person, uh, we have PJ Stock. Who, my goodness, um, it was just last night's broadcast. He got on and he speaks words and it's just a word salad. Nothing makes any sense. And it's beyond me how this guy still has a, has a, has a job on TV. Um, he is just painful to listen to. So he's going to be our, our, uh, our next nominee for loser of the week. And he has a job in English and in French, which makes that even more, even more surprising. Um, our next one is going to be um we're going to we're going to lump the whole mainstream media in this. Um the mainstream media as loser of of the week nominee um this past week there's some massive cuts announced um at TSN and CTV. The reason is because they're not doing very well. People are getting their their um news elsewhere like from uh, new media sites like allhabs.net. Um, so they went through some massive cuts. You know, pretty uh, uh, people we, we who we know uh, were were caught up in that. Dan Matheson from CTV, Sherry Ford from TSN, and the morning guy off TSN 690, uh, Elliot Price. Um, now, I, I, you know, I'm one of those who stopped a long time ago listening to... Um, TSN radio. Elliot Price was fine in the morning. He's he's a terrible play-by-play guy. Used to have to listen to him for the Montreal Juniors games, but um, he was he was decent um, in the morning. Um, there on social media, there's there's uh, um, a little bit of a movement that they picked the wrong guy to fire. There's a fire Connor McKenna movement, who I, I agree is awful. He knows less about <laughs> hockey than I don't know. Maybe even PJ Stock, um, <laughs> but anyway, um, the the ratings on I, I saw the ratings sheets a couple uh, months ago, and the rating sheets for uh, TSN 690 are awful. Uh, the new media can pr- produce um, better um, information, uh, cheaper. Uh, we're more nimble. We're more dedicated. We have good insight. Um, so. We're going to lump the the new media or the uh, mainstream media in as one of our losers of the week. And the only thing I have to add to that is that uh, two days ago, Bell Media announced a profit of one hundred eighty-three million dollars. That's all <laughs> I have to say. Go ahead, <laughs> Rick. The loser of the week, though, um, the NHL and the NHL officiating. Does any can anyone tell me what the the rule on goaltender interference is? Um, you know, Brendan Gallagher. Anytime he breathes in the crease, uh, he's called for goaltender in, interference. And if the goal has been involved, the Canadians' goal is waved off. Um, we've seen it over his career, but particularly this year, um, a couple, a, a few goals called back. Last night, um, with Brock Nelson um, right in the crease, uh, Carey Price makes a save high on his chest, um, and the puck is dribbling down. Brock Nelson cross-checks Carey Price in the shoulder. 
knocking him back. Puck drops down. Brock Nelson takes a whack at it and move, hits Carey's pad and moves him further back in the net. Then the puck's laying there, and Brock Nelson scores. The play went under review, and it was called a good goal. And I was, um, it's bizarre. And in that review situation, the official who made the call goes to the penalty bench, and he gets a little tiny tablet, and he looks at the replays there. He's in contact with the war room in Toronto, but he makes the call. With the dozens and dozens of, of views and angles and huge TV monitors in the war room in Toronto uh, for the NHL, why aren't they making the call? Why is it this the official on the, the ice who's making the call? It's beyond me, and last night they made a bad call, and they get the loser of the week. One thing that frustrates me about the the officiating is the lack of consistency, I think. If if they'd be consistent across the board, where even as a fan or somebody in the media watching the game and you see a goal going in and you know you're able to easily say, you know what, that's a goal, that's, that's not a goal, I think that would be fine. But now it's all over the place. It's really hard for uh, for anybody to make any kind of judgment whether it's a goal or not, because it's all over the place. So that that's what makes it uh, really tough. And when it comes to goalie interference, uh, the rule in general, if they're looking to uh, to get some more goals in in the game, maybe they should tolerate a, a, some kind of uh, interference. But if you're going to interfere for one play and not not allowed for the other one, I think that's where it gets frustrating for uh, for fans in. Uh, in uh, in general, so Rick, I think that's the second week in a row that uh, one of the officials becomes the loser of the week. So is that kind of a it's a streak going on? Well, they should take the, the message. We're on the rampage. <laughs> All right, so uh, so those are our winners and losers of the week. If you have any thoughts? You can send them via Twitter at Habs360. You can also give us a call toll free one eight seven seven four five five forty nine forty five. Or if you're listening on uh, Block Talk Radio, you just scroll to the bottom of the page and leave your comments on uh, the in the chat room, and we'll definitely talk about them in the upcoming minutes. We're going to take our final break on the other side. I want to talk about a couple of players that I think we haven't spoken about enough this season on our uh, podcast. And we'll also talk about um, what's going on with the top six forwards in the Montreal Canadiens. What's the uh, what's the solution? This is the Habs 360 podcast featured on allhabs.net. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. If you missed a recent episode of the Habs 360 podcast, visit the podcast page on allhabs.net or search Habs 360 on iTunes for our archives. Want to make sure you never miss another episode? 
Subscribe to Hubs 360 on iTunes and all new episodes will automatically download for you. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas. Sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net. All right, welcome back. It's episode 155 of the Habs 360 podcast for this Saturday, November 21st, 2015. I'm Chris G. at Chris G. 1980, along with uh, Rick Stevens at uh, All Habs. You can reach us at one eight seven seven four five five forty nine forty five. It's a toll free call from anywhere in uh, North America. And Rick, I want to talk about um, a duo of players that I think we haven't spoken about them, and we probably should have because I think they've both had the uh, great start of uh, of a season, and that's a duo of Technically, at least we say they're on the third line, uh, David Agnet and uh, Thomas Fleischmann. But I think when you look at all the uh, production from the Canadiens forwards line, you could easily argue that they're actually playing the second as a second line uh, for the Canadiens team. Thomas Fleischmann this week got a pair of goals and an assist. David Agnet on his side got a goal and assist. The, the goal was an overtime winner. Uh, against the uh, against the Canucks uh, this week, uh, Fleischman, fourteen points in twenty one games for a player that was signed on the professional tryout and was signed a couple of days before the start of the season. He's been quite he's been contributing quite well with the Montreal Canadiens. Pass across for Fleischmann. Fleischmann cuts in, drops it for Dernay. Back to Fleischmann, firing, scores! And that was the goal that uh, Thomas Fleischmann scored last night against the uh, the New York Islanders. And if we talk about uh, David Dernay, Rick, I know, at least in the past, I've been critical of, uh, of Dernay, but that was because of the usage, the way that he was being used by the coach on the first line. But now, when he's um, playing on the third line, probably getting he's getting better defensive matchups. And I think uh, David Dernay so far, if you're asking, if you ask the question, who has been the Canadiens' best forward this season? 
I think that Vidarnet deserves to be at least part of that uh, conversation. Maybe not the winner, but at least I think he should be one of the names that are being considered. Well, certainly in the eyes of of Michel Therrien, he would he would answer that way. Um, <laughs> still, I guess I, I guess there's two tiers, you know, in in terms of production, the Patriotti, Placanitz, Gallagher, um, they're still at the top tier. Uh, then come Wies, Fleischman, and and uh, David Dayernay, and it's it's clear that Fleischman has been, um, you know. Uh, just a, a huge pickup and a, and a real big benefit to DRNA uh, and Weiss. And, um, you know, that, that line has, has surprised many. Um, when you, when you dig it down a little bit deeper, um, you had mentioned that they're performing like the second line. Well, uh, maybe they should be because they're, they're eating up a lot of, of ice time. They're getting um, an awful lot more ice time than, um, uh, the second line, um, they're getting you know more, uh, power play minutes, um, and they're getting as you mentioned the matchups. Um, just to play a bit of a devil's advocate here, uh, when you as I said when you drill down a bit, um, this grouping is getting also the highest percentage of zones offensive zone starts on the team, and do you really want your third line doing that? Do you really want to be giving your best offensive chances to your third line. Um, even with that advantage of starting in the offensive zone more than any other line, this line, the third line, has the weakest possession numbers of anybody on the team. So, um, and part of that is is uh, Darnay's not been very good on faceoffs this year. He's down around forty six percent. So, are these numbers a bit inflated? And and that's the thing that worries me. Are you are you putting more resources into this line uh, through minutes, through um, uh, zone starts, um, then, then they'll deliver back. Um, you know, now is fine. You know, the, the analogy is, is you know, um, you'll, you'll, you'll be able to go where you want to go in the city on a Honda Civic. Uh, but if you're putting all your, your dollars in gas and maintenance and everything into the Honda Civic and you're ignoring your Audi in the garage, um, is that is that a good plan when you have to get on the highway, um, like the playoffs? Um, and you know we we look at David Darnay. He's he's scored six goals this season. Five of those have come at home. He's typically not been a good road performer, and it gets tougher in the playoffs. And that's where where things start to break down. I think too we we see that that these inflated numbers cause uh, Michelle Terry to make mistakes. Um, he he coaches on emotion, um, so he he thinks okay this line is tremendous. Um, we saw the problem in in um, uh, Edmonton where uh, Darnay um, the Darnay line was on and uh, gave up that that late turnover and goal. We saw last night where um, it was a minute left to go left to go. Darnay's on the ice. Uh, he lost the draw to John Tavares. Now looking at the stats. Darnay was again having a, a face-off night about forty percent. John Tavares was seventy-two percent in the face-off circle last night. That's not a wise coaching decision. Um, nothing came of it, even though he lost the draw to Tavares, but it could have. And those are the kinds of things that we worry when when you start pumping the tires of of the third line. 
give them all the credit um, that uh, that they've earned this year, and they 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 deserve a lot. But let's not get ahead of ourselves and start taking resources and time and zone starts and whatnot away from the top two lines because you're going to need these guys later as the season goes on. And speaking about those, uh, the, the top two line, the plan earlier this week was to put Tori Mitchell to be the right winger with uh, with Seller and Galchenyuk when uh, when Semin was scheduled to be a, a scratch. And then, you know, Mitchell ended up getting injured and that forced Semin back into the lineup. But in the fourth, um, on the fourth line role, and Paul Byron was brought into the, the second line. And I know we've mentioned the same thing for Brian Flynn. We've mentioned the same thing for Devante Smith-Pelly. We've mentioned the same thing for Paul Byron. These guys are useful players. They have a role on the fourth line. There's um, they're, they're not top six forwards. We still don't know for Tori Mitchell. Uh, Sven Adjugeta was called back, was recalled from the ice caps. We'll have an update on Tori Mitchell on Monday. But Rick, did you think that that Tori Mitchell would have been a good, at least short-term solution in that kind of role? Tori Mitchell has speed and Tori Mitchell is smart. Um, But Tori Mitchell doesn't have the offensive skills to be a second line player. Um, He's, you know, he's an upgrade on Flynn. He's an upgrade on Byron. He's an upgrade on Devontae Smith-Pelly. But he's not a He's and he can do spot fill-ins on the second line, but he's not someone you want as your regular uh, in the regular top six rotation. And uh, I I think the other part of it is this this we're we're back to the the you know um, roulette wheel of picking a right winger for the um, for this line, and it hurts uh, both Galchenyuk and Eller who have been good together, who have some. Um, it really hurts them. And and now we saw the coach at least teased uh, teased us. He did some couple of changes with uh, Devontae Smith Pelly in the first and Gallagher playing with um, with Seller and Galchenyuk. Do you think it's at this point where we might see the first uh, major line shuffling of the season by uh, by the coach? Yeah, well, we certainly saw that, uh, you know, towards the end of the second period last night. That that was uh, the biggest change for a, for a coach who who usually likes to tinker his lines a lot. Um, uh, Tarion has has had a bit of a hands off, uh, particularly on the first line. But to move Gallagher down, um, that was his first major change. I don't I don't know if that's permanent. I think. As, as the clip you played mentioned, he just felt that they didn't have it last night. Um, so um, I, doubt, I don't know if we'll see that as a, as a permanent change. And we'll, we're yet to see how um, San Andreghetto um, plays into this. I, I don't think it would be the best use of Andreghetto's talents to, to stick him on the fourth line. Um, but that kind of thing has happened before, not wanting to put a young guy into a, a, a difficult situation. Although Andrew Ghetto comes in with some, uh, with some NHL games under his belt. Uh, just a couple of comments on uh, Twitter, a couple of comments in regards to uh, David Dernay. First one comes from uh, Trevor in uh, Newfoundland. He writes, I've always liked him. Lots of heart just being used incorrectly. So thank you very much 
for the tweet, uh, Trevor. And uh, Fred Power, a uh, Habs fan in Edmonton, Alberta, he just wrote, disappears in the playoffs when it comes to David Dernay. And if you look at Dernay's stats in the postseason, three goals, 10 assists in uh, 38 games played. And there was a particular season in the playoff run where I think it took like the third round or something before or second series before Dagna even took a shot on goal in uh, in the postseason. So definitely he's not a player. He has trouble, we could say, uh, adapting to um, to the postseason play. Canadians playing three games uh, in the upcoming week. All three games are 7 o'clock Eastern start, and all three games are against teams from the New York area. First one comes tomorrow night, 7 o'clock start. The Islanders are in town, a game that could be seen on Sportsnet Coast to Coast and on the RDS for Belleville East. And we have received confirmation that Carey Price will be the starting goaltender, so I think it's safe to say that he's back to uh, 100% and uh, will be getting his starts. On Wednesday, Canadians will be going back to New York to face the New York Rangers, a game once again to be seen on Sportsnet Coast to Coast and on the RDS for viewers in Belleville East. And then Friday, Canadians heading to New Jersey to face the New Jersey Devils, a game that could be seen only for viewers in Belleville East on the Sportsnet East in English and on RDS in French. So I'd like to thank everybody who uh, who sent us their comments Everybody who listened, we really do, do appreciate you listening to uh, the Habs 360 podcast. Rick, thank you very much. Great to be here as always. And um, I, I just w- want to squeeze one thing in, very important, because last week we were asked to make predictions, and uh, with a possible eight points on the line, you um, had the question about whether the Canadians would get six points, and I think you you, you laughed at me when I said they wouldn't. Um, so I'll just I'll just leave that there. Yeah. So it was a six. Uh, <laughs> I think the question was six points or more, and I said yes, and Rick said no. So Rick was right for once, I guess, <laughs> in our uh, predictions. But at the same time, let's ask Rick what uh, his thoughts have um, been on the usage of Arno. Let's say David Yagna. You know, you, you're going to fall down when when I say this, but I think Tyrion made an excellent decision. <laughs> uh, so, so there you go. Remember, Rick, I push the buttons on the show. <laughs> yeah, you do. You do. Yeah. So so next week, we'll recap these three games uh, between the Canadians <laughs> and the New York teams, and we'll be, we'll be previewing a Saturday night game. Finally, Canadians against Devils. It will be as a second game in another back-to-back series against an opponent. So thank you very much, everybody, for listening. We'll be back again next Saturday, 2 p.m. Eastern, for another edition of the Habs 360 podcast. I'm Chris G. You can follow me on Twitter at ChrisG1980. Enjoy the week. Enjoy the Montreal Canadiens. And go Habs, go. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs360 and visit allhabs.net.